Welcome. Welcome to Healthy You. What is that? A podcast from Raytheon Technologies that can help employees live their best lives. It helps me get in the zone. It, it helped me to change my mindset. Oh, I love it. It's me ready for my day. Now, listen in and learn how you can be a healthy you. Hi, and welcome to yet another Healthy You podcast. I'm JT, along with my co-host DJ, and this is the podcast made especially for RTX employees that focuses on helping them to improve their minds, bodies, and wallets. And DJ, today we're going to kick off a series of podcasts that focuses on the mind. That's right, JT. And today we're continuing our three-episode Healthy Mind series. And for a lot of us, it couldn't come at a better time. It's no kidding. At times, well, they've been tough. And I know many people, some of who are very close to me, who have reached out to or have strongly considered reaching out to a therapist for help. Same here. And I know just from talking to folks that one of the biggest reasons they're hesitating is that they really don't know what to expect from therapy or therapists. And to answer that question and more, we have with us today a real live therapist on the show. Let's say hello to Lane Ingram. Hey there. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, I get to talk about something that uh, I'm definitely passionate about, so thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, you know, most people do therapy to help them focus on trying to improve some area of their life. And I think we could all use some improvement in our life in some regard. But the question is, how do we know if things are at a point where we could really benefit from therapy? So there are three main things that uh, you'll want to look at. The first is uh, look at symptoms of depression or anxiety that are impacting your personal functioning. Uh, now, if you're wanting to know uh, what's the difference between depression or anxiety, one uh, helpful way of looking at it is depression would be feelings that kind of fall under the category of sad down, mm -hmm. low energy, tired, exhausted, but also maybe feeling empty. Some people describe it more as a numbness or kind of a void of feelings. Mm -hmm. And then anxiety, on the other hand, these would be feelings like nervous, worried, panicked, overwhelmed, stressed. And then uh, next, you want to ask yourself, are these symptoms getting in the way of my ability to do my normal, regular routine? You know, am I showering regularly? Am I brushing my hair and teeth every day? Those are the things that can be part of your normal routine, but they can get thrown out of whack whenever we're really struggling with depression or anxiety. I feel like, you know, over the last year, there have definitely been a lot of us that haven't been getting dressed or doing our hair maybe as often as we used to. Let's just uh, let's just say I'm glad this isn't a vodcast. Right? <laughs> right. That's yeah, that's all of us. But uh, another reason you might think about reaching out to a therapist would be if something is up with how you're able to function at work. Uh, maybe you're unable to concentrate. You know, do you feel like you're not being as productive as you typically are at work? So that would be kind of the second thing you might want to ask yourself. Okay. And then lastly, 
if you're having symptoms that are impacting your relationships, you know, are you finding that you're still close to the people that are important to you? Are you finding that there's more conflict in those relationships? So just to recap, it's are these symptoms getting in the way of doing my daily routine? Mm -hmm. Are they getting in the way of my ability to do what I need to do at work? Or are these symptoms uh, preventing me from having healthy relationships? So if in any of those three areas you're seeing issues, um, that would be the indicator that maybe it's time to talk to a professional. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and then I think the next logical question, in my mind at least, would be how do I find and pick the therapist that will be right for me? Yeah, so there are a couple things I'd focus on when trying to find a therapist. Uh, it's important to find someone that you think you'll work well with. Right. Uh, some factors you might want to consider are gender, age or religion you know it's up to you to think about the type of person you imagine yourself opening up to the single most determining factor on whether or not you are going to accomplish your therapy goals is actually how well you click with your therapist mm. uh, the fancy term for that is how well you rate the therapeutic relationship <laughs> but really that's just a fancy way of saying do you trust your therapist do you click with them them? Do you have good rapport? And so uh, the great thing about the internet is that you're able to visit therapist websites or their Psychology Today profile and read about them, read their bios. And then based upon that, you might have a good idea of who you might connect with. Right. Along with that, are the credentials important or is it more like the clicking is more important? Right, right. No, well, I you definitely want to make sure you're seeing a licensed therapist. But what may be even more important than someone's credentials is their area of expertise. So reading therapist bios, not only can you get a sense of whether or not you might click with them on sort of a personality level, um, their bios might also kind of help you understand how much experience they have in treating someone with issues similar to yours. Okay. Uh, and it can give you some insight into how that person works and what sort of treatments they provide. Do you normally get a chance to speak with a therapist before, you know, opening up and pouring out your deepest, darkest secrets to them? <laughs> Usually, yeah, you do. Uh, because, yeah, a lot of therapists nowadays will offer a free brief consultation over the phone prior to scheduling your first appointment. Uh, this can allow you to get to know the person a little and ask any questions you might have. Uh, so if, uh, if a therapist uh, allows for that, you know, take them up on it. Uh, a phone call might not guarantee you'll be able to tell whether the therapist is a good match, but but it might help you narrow down your options when you're trying to choose between a few different therapists. This is all super helpful information. And as an RTX employee, there are a few different ways to find a therapist. Uh, you can obviously check with your health plan to find an in-network therapist. But many people don't know that if you're a Heritage UTC employee, you can also speak to a therapist through Doctor on Demand or talk to a counselor through Beacon Health Options. And Heritage RTN employees can find a therapist through ComPsych. Thank you for that, DJ. And, and Lane, let's just say, you know, maybe a person is new to therapy and um, understandably a little bit nervous. Help us to understand what to expect in 
what would be our very first session? Before you even start your first session, you're, you'll probably be asked to fill out some paperwork. And so these uh, questions are just going to kind of fill in some uh, general information about your history, for instance, uh, things like, are you on any medications? Uh, then your actual first session is uh, going to give your therapist a chance to learn a little bit more about you and your background, you know, what's brought you to this point and uh, how your concerns are really impacting different areas of your life. Uh, it's important to note that your first session is probably going to be different from your other sessions in therapy. And that's because that's your first time you and your therapist are really able to connect. Um, but, you know, a lot of times it can be a, a really enjoyable uh, way to just connect with another person. You get to ask questions about them and where they're coming from, and they get to do the same. And the hope is always that you kind of click in that first session. Um, after that first session, and once your therapist has gotten a chance to get to know you and you've gotten a chance to get to know your therapist, you'll then start talking about the treatment that you're going to do together. You'll spend the rest of your time in therapy learning skills, tools, uh, strategies uh, to hopefully help improve your well-being. And then over time, you can uh, work on implementing those skills. So one thing that would be running through my head leading up to the first session and probably in the first session is how deep are we going to go here in this first hour? Am I supposed to, you know, dive in and spill my guts and everything that I've got swirling around in my head and heart, or are we going to ease into it? So what's the expectation? What would you tell someone who's a little bit worried about, you know, how much to share in that first session? Sure. No, I think that's, that's absolutely a valid concern. You know, if a therapist is doing their job, hopefully they're creating uh, a space for you to feel safe and supported and for you to feel comfortable opening up to them. Uh, but most of us therapists do understand that, hey, especially when we're first getting to know each other, we're essentially a, a glorified stranger. And so we try to be patient and to, uh, move things along at a pace that the client is comfortable with. But what I will say is you often get out of therapy about what you are willing to put into therapy. So if you are opening up, really kind of uh, pouring out your heart and soul into therapy and quote unquote doing the work, uh, then I think you're going to see uh, positive results. And I think you're really going to make the most of your therapy time. So another question a lot of people have right now, probably uh, talking about the first session would be that with everything going on in the world, a lot of therapy is happening virtually right now. So does that change anything about how therapy works or how especially that first session works? And what's your experience with virtual therapy and how you've seen it comparing to in-person therapy? Sure. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little bit nervous at the start of uh, the pandemic when uh, things shifted to pretty much exclusively uh, virtual therapy sessions. But I've been ple very pleasantly surprised at how well that it's gone for uh, my clients as well as myself. Uh, I I do all of my therapy sessions right now, either over the phone, over Zoom, or over FaceTime. 
and it's been, uh, I, I think it's been wonderful. And some clients have actually told me that they greatly prefer virtual therapy sessions and would like to continue doing uh, therapy sessions this way even when the quarantine ends. Um, some people have mentioned to me that there's something really comfortable about being able to talk with their therapist uh, coming from their own home, you know, in the comforts of their own uh, home and not having to uh, get in the car, fight traffic, and go across town to make it to their therapy session at an exact time. So after your first session, whether that's virtual or in person, what is the therapist doing to to help you? It, it, I'm assuming it's, it's more than just the time you spend uh, with them in the session. Absolutely, yeah. The, the actual sessions with your therapist are, of course, just one part of the process. Uh, the other really important part is working with your therapist to come up with ways to practice those skills outside of therapy. Because again, you know, outside of therapy, that's where you're living your life. Uh, if, if you think about it, uh, you're probably only meeting with your therapist one hour out of every week. So in between sessions, uh, you might want to be practicing that new skill that you and your therapist came up with, uh, sort of like a new tool in your toolbox. You know, uh, you might get that new tool and put it in your toolbox, but if you're not using it, if you're not reaching for it and actively trying to get some experience with that tool, you're really not going to be developing the new skills that you want to be developing. So, uh, yeah, I always highly encourage people to approach approach therapy as though you're you're adding new tools into your toolbox but of course it's up to you uh, how to build up that uh, expertise uh, with the tool itself okay so I've picked a therapist uh, I'm starting therapy and then what if I quickly or you know maybe even not so quickly what if at some point I realize I just don't feel like I'm connecting with my therapist is that is that normal? Is that okay? Am I allowed to say something about that? Absolutely. I always encourage clients uh, to uh, let me know if they're not clicking with me. And I think, uh, you know, again, if a therapist is doing their job, they should be open to that. So I think you as the client should feel empowered to speak up for yourself if you feel like your needs aren't being met by your therapist. And absolutely, sometimes that can come in the form of just feeling that you feel like they're not really listening to you or they're not really helping you in the way you had hoped to be helped. And know that I, I for instance, I, I love it when a client brings this to my attention because it lets me know that they're engaged in the process and maybe we can collaborate and work together on, on maybe a different approach or a different style in our sessions or if maybe that's not a good fit, then I can help them find a different therapist. What I'm picking up on, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that if you find that your therapist does not click with you, you don't have to feel awkward or ashamed or embarrassed to go to them and tell them that because uh, it happens all the time. Well, hopefully it doesn't happen to you all the time. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I, I would, uh, I think, yeah, it, it, if it were me, I probably would feel a little bit awkward as well. So I can certainly empathize, but at the same time, know that, 
us therapists, we're professionals, this is our job, and we do care about it, and we care about you, the client, but know that at the end of the day, our most important concern is, are you getting the care that you need? Are your needs being met? And so I think that's the mark of, of a solid, good therapist is how well they take that kind of feedback. And so hopefully, yeah, if you ever need to have that conversation with a therapist, what you'll get is a therapist who is willing to hear you out and maybe help you find a therapist who's going to be a good fit for you. All right. Let's think about a person who maybe has tried therapy in the past, but uh, didn't click with their therapist and did not have a good experience, didn't think that they got the help that they needed. What would you say to that person who is hesitant to give it another go? No, that is a very common situation. I do hear that all the time. People coming in uh, to see me and and I ask them, have you ever worked with a therapist before? And they might say, oh, yeah, years ago I worked with a therapist and and I really didn't like it. Uh, I felt like I felt like I didn't get a lot out of it. And I'll ask them some follow up questions um, and, and to, to learn a little bit more about that experience. And a lot of people have experiences of working with a therapist that they didn't click with and they didn't feel like they could say something about it. And so I usually, uh, yeah, really uh, applaud them for having the strength and the courage to try therapy again. And, and I'm a big believer in kind of spreading that message that, hey, if you had a bad therapy experience in the past, it was probably just a matter of working with a therapist where it just maybe wasn't a, a great personality fit and that you, were pro- you would probably be much better served by a different therapist who's out there, uh, you know, who's perhaps waiting for you to, you know, pick up the phone or shoot them an email and would be happy to uh, work with you. Right, right. And so uh, if you feel like a particular therapist or a particular approach is just not exactly the right fit for you, then I would highly encourage you to keep going for what we might call a second opinion or even a third or fourth opinion if you desire. And then hopefully uh, you'll get you'll get that therapist who really is a good fit for you and kind of offers you the kind of uh, help or guidance that you're really looking for. Let's see. The other thing I wanted to ask about was, you know, if I'm starting the process for the first time, I'm, I'm decide I'm going to start therapy. Is this a, am I going to be in therapy for the rest of my life? Is this, am I in therapy now? How does that work? Is there an end to therapy? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I like to think that if someone is working on therapy goals, then I want to help them reach those therapy goals. And when they start you know, showing the, the, that improvement, then maybe we can start tapering down uh, the frequency of our therapy session. So oftentimes people want to know, uh, how, how often should I be meeting with my therapist? And, you know, that's something you and your therapist can work out together. But the most uh, common options would be either weekly sessions or every other week. And so let's say you're meeting with your therapist once a week. As you start improving and doing well, then what you and your therapist can do is going from once a week to maybe every other week therapy sessions. And if you do that really well, then suddenly maybe you do once every three or four weeks. And then the next thing you know, maybe you decide to uh, part ways with your therapist. And that's something that's very common is someone feels like they've accomplished 
accomplished uh, what they wanted to or they got out of therapy what they wanted to get out of it. And um, maybe they don't need to meet with their therapist beyond that. And then what I often tell a lot of my clients would be, hey, you know, I think you're doing really well. Um, keep up the great work. And should you need to talk to me again, feel free, but know that uh, no news is good news, perhaps. And maybe I don't hear from you again. And that, that maybe is a good thing. And that means that you've uh, learned a lot of new skills and gotten new tools in your toolbox. And then you can take it from there and live your best life. Wow, this is awesome. I, a ton of great information. Um, Lane, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and we'd love to have you come back uh, for another episode in this series. Yeah, that'd be my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Just tell me when. Yes, thank you, Lane. And if you're listening and you have questions, shoot us an email at healthyupodcast at benefits at rtx.com. And if you want to find out more about how to improve your healthy mind, sign up for Take 5 at the same place where you found this podcast, RTX healthyyou.com. And until next time, here's to a healthy you. And that's it from the podcast made especially for the minds, bodies, and wallets of RTX employees across the country. That's a great idea. This, this is Healthy You.